All right, welcome everyone to the No Idea official podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet uh, to our YouTube channel or to uh, our podcast, we would love for you to do it today. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, uh, both on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, this is my brother, Adam. And that right there is Aaron. And we are so glad that you are tuning in today for something that we're coming at you for. It's our first time, brand new thing ever. And so we are excited. And uh, why podcast? What yeah, do you think? Here we go. Here I we mean, go. It, it, I think a lot of it was the fact that, you know, we've been talking for a while about just sitting around and BSing, you know, and we talk with our friends and things and the, the things that we enjoy doing the most. Obviously, the adventure is is a big part of that and documenting that, but we spend so much time at our cabin, so much time around campfires just uh, just talking, just BSing. BSing. And, and talking really smart, and even though we don't have any idea and have no idea uh, <laughs> that we're, you know, we spend that much time, and we have so much fun doing that. Um, so I think having it be one year in is a really good time to, to try something new, try something different, and you know, doing a podcast opens up a lot of possibilities. Dude, one year. You just said it, one year. One year. A year ago, a year ago, I threw it out to you like, hey, wouldn't it be fun to do an outdoor channel? Because everybody's doing it, it seemed like. Everybody and their cousins. And so, yeah, we did our first, do you remember this? We did our first video literally a year ago, a year ago this uh, last week. And our first video today has over 23,000 views. And I thought, man, this is going to be super easy. This is going to be awesome. We're like the next Mr. Beast of uh, outdoor stuff. But here we are one year later. And so we thought, what do we need to do next? Uh, because we still want to bring you some, we still want to bring you awesome outdoor videos, um, how-to kind of videos, but also product review kind of videos. But we said, you know what would be awesome? Let's do a podcast. Uh, so here's our podcast. And the purpose of our podcast is simply this. We want to be able to connect with fellow outdoor enthusiasts like yourself uh, and uh, people who share the same passion, and, but really to introduce you to more people, people who enjoy uh, conservation, uh, enjoy getting out in the outdoors, whether it's hunting, fishing, trapping, I think. Uh, we're going to have some people on about trapping. Uh, just all that good stuff. But more importantly, this is for us, Adam and I, and for you to just kind of learn. I mean, that's kind of yeah. what we hope. Yeah. I mean, I, you think about the people that we've brainstormed. Um, you know, some people may have seen some comments on our social media posts from a, a guy named Bimbo, Bimbo Gifford on Facebook. Yep, Bimbo Gifford. Um, uh, the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Bimbo skunks. Um, so people like that. Uh, who ties fishing jigs and things. Um, DNR wardens, uh, having them on to discuss maybe upcoming law changes, things like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the, the possibilities are endless with our guests. If anybody has ideas, make sure to, to reach out. and um, you know, Comment down below. Yeah, drop a comment in there to let us know, email us or something. Uh, any ideas of uh, guests that you, that you think we should have on or somebody that you know that would love to come on and, and talk yeah. outdoors and just... You know, BS. Like, again, we got a real good buddy of mine, Luke, he knows more about calibers and rifles <laughs> than anybody. And we'll get into a nice debate with him about why the 300 win is the best yes. caliber ever. So we really, so basically, we say all this to say we really have no agenda for our No Idea podcast. We just, it just gives us a, a way to get away from uh, the wives, uh, the kids, uh, drink some 
bush latte, but man, you're no white claw today. Yep, I'm white clawless. White clawless, but then uh, just a just chat it up. So that's really what this podcast is. So we, again, we hope that you will subscribe uh, down below or subscribe wherever you're listening to this because we're going to bring this podcast in two different places. We're going to have the video podcast, which is on our YouTube channel, uh, which is where all of our content is posted. But then we're also going to post the audio of our podcasts. Again, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, podcasts, whether it's Apple, uh, no matter where it's at, Spotify, whatever, we might be right, at, right there with Joe Rogan. It'll be yeah, awesome. Yeah. So before we get into it, <laughs> before we get into a kind of the nuts and bolts of this episode, you sent me a link. Yes. A couple of links, okay? And um, the one I want to kind of talk about a little bit before, before we get things kicked off is the rancher who busted yes. selling uh, poached wild game. So he is... He, so let me get this right. I didn't really read it that much. I kind of skimmed through it. You know more about this, but looks like he was illegally killing. <laughs> was a pronghorn and yes, something? pronghorn. Okay, and then he was selling it to his customers that would come in and hunt and selling it as beef jerky. Yes, it as beef yep. jerky. Yep. So how about this? We we want to do an episode or episode. Excuse me. We want to do kind of like. A, just a, a little feature on our podcast called No Idea Feature, where we feature people who really literally have no idea, or when there's something that's happening around hunting, fishing, conservation, where we're like, oh man, I don't think we all have an idea what's going on. There's no idea. So we want to highlight a couple articles. And yes, the one Adam is referring to is a Wyoming rancher who is busted. He's literally busted because of... Uh, he was claiming, I think he was claiming to be selling beef and he was selling it and packaging it as beef jerky. But what he was doing was he was going out on his ranch and he was illegally harvesting uh, pronghorn, uh, American pronghorn uh, deer, antelope is what most people refer to them as, and packaging that venison up and marking it as beef jerky. So... And that in itself obviously has, I would assume, uh, not only moral and ethical ramifications, but also legal ramifications. But on top of it, it was the illegal, the biggest thing is that illegal poaching yes. of, of the animals. And it sounds like uh, his girlfriend was the one who tipped him <laughs> off like four, three or four years ago. And it was this like two or three year long investigation because what they ended up having to do is they had to do a sting operation and they bought some of their... They're called the trespassing tags, and they went and spent three days on uh, with this guy and got some, bought some of his beef jerky, yes. and, and uh, had to take that and send it into a lab and get DNA <laughs> tested to prove that it was to not, prove it was, it was pronghorn. So, but again, so essentially, we'll be doing segments, right? Little segments of just basically outdoor dumbasses. Yes, you know? outdoor dumbasses. <laughs> I like that. That'd be a good so, T-shirt. Outdoor dumbasses yeah. who have no idea. Yeah. Outdoor dumbasses who have no idea. Yeah, uh, let's see here. It was uh, 45. So he now, this dude, Ferrari year, Ferrari lives in Arizona and has, obviously his hunting, fishing, and trapping privileges have been suspended for a minimum of five years. And um, he, uh, all this will happen. He will not be eligible to hunt in Wyoming or in any other of the 48 member states until the 45,000 and seventy dollars in fines and restitution are paid in full. So this dude, I don't know what. 
uh, yeah, during the search at the ranch, nine months later, investigated 75 more packages marked as beef jerky and advertised for sale. Oh, by the way, the other thing too, um, is it's illegal to sell venison. Yes. Like you can't wild package game. it and yep. sell wild game. So, and they were able to, uh, they were able to find packages that contain meat that came from at least three pronghorn antelope and three mule deer. And he caught, yeah. So moral of the story is don't piss your girlfriends off <laughs> or your yeah, ex-girlfriends. Okay. Holy cow. Um, dang. Yeah. That's, um, I see it purchased, uh, grazing Hills ranch, Northwest of Casper. Hmm. That is unreal. That's not, and that's that. So my buddy, uh, Everett, who guides us when we go out West, uh, he sent this to me and I was wondering why he sent it to me because, uh, Casper is actually not far from where we hunt. Really? So and we're going there this summer, right? Yes, we are. We're going there for a family trip and hunt some prairie dogs, maybe prairie dogs. We're going to hunt some prairie dogs and try some coyotes. It'll be awesome. So awesome. Yeah. There you go. Um, the other one that we want to talk about really quickly, this one's kind of a touchy subject because you know, anytime you bring up second amendment, um, it's just a foregone conclusion, uh, especially with hunters. But anyways, this one comes to us from San Jose, California. And check this out. San Jose is proposing um, an historic gun ownership law that could take into effect uh, in the next couple of months. San Jose City Council voted by wide margins on January 25th to adopt two gun control measures. And these gun control measures, you can't find anywhere else on the books uh, throughout the country. And the first would require us gun owners or gun owners in the city at, at, in San Jose to purchase liability insurance covering losses or damages related to negligent or accidental use of the firearm, including death and injury. The second would further require gun owners to pay a gun harm reduction fee to a designated nonprofit organization. Um, and failure to comply with either of these could result in fines and then somebody having the nerve to show up at our doors and, and confiscate our guns uh, or their guns for this matter. But uh, And it's obvious that in reading this, uh, opposition to both, me uh, both of these measures have been emphatic. In fact, we jumped on and we looked at the article and it states that uh, of the 100 and, <laughs> 145 messages, uh, 143 were opposed to this. And when they had shocking. the open, yes, yeah, shocking. And when they had the open hearing session at the city council, uh, <clears throat> it was 100% uh, were in, were against it. And yet, nonetheless, the city council voted 10 to 1 to impose the insurance uh, requirement. What are your thoughts, man? Because I know I've heard this been kicked around a, a little bit. That if you're going to have a gun, you treat it like you have a car where you have to have insurance on it. Um, I'll, the first one makes sense, I guess, if you're looking at it that way. I don't know. I I don't like, to, I mean, I don't mind talking about it here, but I don't like talking about this stuff because people are just batshit crazy about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah on both sides. On, on both sides. And I just, I don't know. Um, when, it, when you talk about gun control and you talk about that kind of stuff, there's so much... Um, that number one, I just don't know about as well. But additionally, like I said, it just 
it's you. It seems like in the in the gun control debate, um, there's this picture that everybody is either here or here. They're either on one side, way to the one side, or there's there's no like common ground. There's no. It doesn't seem to be the the first one. The the first law there. When you say it like it is, you know, written there on Meat Eater, I mean, it it's it makes sense. It, it, it seems like it would be a common sense type of a thing. Yeah, you, we do that, you know, pay a lot of other things uh, in liability um, for accidental things and a lot of different things in a lot of different areas. Yeah. It seems to make sense. The second one, see, you know, again, this is, you just sent this to me like an hour ago. Um, I, the second one seems a little bit. Yeah. Uh, overkill, uh, maybe, but I don't know. It, well, it always, it always, this one always, they, they ask, is this a common sense gun law? And it goes back to that idea. And this is the common argument, uh, in all, it, it seems like in all gun control issues is, is like, why are you punishing us who are the good gun owners? Uh, and you're punishing us for those who break the law with guns. And I think this is trying to, it's not so much that as it is saying, listen, whether you like it or not, accidents from firearms is costing our communities a lot of money. Taxpayers are paying a lot of money. Uh, police officers arriving on the scene of a kid who who gets a hold of dad's gun and commits suicide to all these other things. And they're just saying, hey, uh, I think it's it's now time where we put the ownership back on the gun owners and we try to figure out ways where this isn't costing the taxpayers money. Now, you can agree with it or not agree with it. We'd be curious to hear your take on things if you po want to post uh, down below. But uh, they said, uh, here's, here's what they said, to be sure the Second Amendment protects the rights of citizens to own guns, but it doesn't require the public to subsidize gun ownership. And I think this is the argument that I haven't really heard of before, where it's saying, hey, everybody, my neighbor has a right to own a gun, absolutely, but I should not be required as a taxpayer uh, to subsidize when something goes wrong with that said neighbor across the street. Everyday taxpayers bear the financial burden of police officers, ambulance, and trauma surgeons responding to gun violence. These, listen to this, direct costs of gun violence total 40 million annually for San Jose taxpayers. That's just San Jose. 1.4 billion for taxpayers statewide. So and that's what I get hung up on those is gun violence. And I use that in uh, quotes because then if you start talking about gun violence and you're going to get into criminals and you're going to get in, and they're going to do they're going to own guns with you know illegally um, all that kind of stuff so to me that doesn't really address that it addresses the money that's being spent on surges not on on gun violence but when somebody comes into the ER from an accidental I mean if they're considering an accidental shooting of you know a gun goes off in a basement uh, because kids found it and it was unlocked and loaded. Um, that's an accidental thing. I, d I don't know if I consider that gun violence. Um, right. But that's why I, I just, the whole gun violence thing, because then you're going to get that side immediately that jumps in on this and says this does nothing for gun-related crimes with illegal activity. And but if, anyways. If I, if I, like I have homeowner's insurance and regular, you know, we have insurance. So if I have an accident where I'm cleaning my gun, and I shoot a hole in my leg. And I mean, isn't there already insurance that covers that? So like, 
taxpayers wouldn't necessarily be on the hook. So I don't, you know, yeah, I, unless they're specifically targeting just the gun violence and San Jose does have, uh, it sounds in the article like they have, you know, they're like yeah. a, a, a microcosm of Chicago. So yeah. I don't know. And that's where, and again, then you start getting into statistics and data about what percentage of uh, gun crimes involve guns that were illegal, illegally yeah. purchased or not registered or whatever. So, I mean, it, that's why I hate discussing these things, not, <laughs> you know, because yeah, you can take a side, but it's, there's no middle ground for anybody that yeah. I've ever heard on the, you know, that this whole, this whole debate. So, well, and the thing is, one. the thing is, is, is we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. And, you know, like I said, we'd, we'd invite you to share your thoughts and so forth, but uh, it said, you know, things like these laws like this that are tried out and if they sp they'll spread like infection across the United States if they aren't struck down. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see what happens and how that would change the, you know, the, just the mentality of you and I now have to go and buy insurance for our one gun that we own because our wives think we own one gun. So that wouldn't yeah. be too bad. Yeah. Well, no idea. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Um, all right. So what have we been up to, dude? Life's been crazy. Yeah. Talk to me. I Talk mean, to me. It, you kind of hit that, you know, the Packers lose when they're not supposed to lose. Yep. And, and, this, and then, yep. then all hell breaks loose in the winter and you don't do anything. And you just sit in our <laughs> sorrows for like, for like a month. And then you watch the Super Bowl halftime show and you don't really care about the game. And it's like, oh, oh my God. It's just, you know, we got out fishing quite a bit. Yep. Obviously, we ice fish more than you know we ever have, and, and this this weekend fun. this weekend we're gonna get on the ice. Yes, we're gonna be up up at the hunting cabin. Is it the last weekend? We gotta check. This is the last weekend for tip ups, right? Two weekends. Or two weekends. We got two okay. weekends left of tip ups here in Wisconsin. That's okay. for sure. So, so yeah, that, that's why it's fun with the kids. I mean, that'll be a blast because it never fails. I mean, we'll probably put up five, six, seven tip ups, and with that on that lake, I and mean, we're getting a tip up every five to ten minutes. Yeah. So. Yep. That'll so be that'll be fun. And we'll drive we'll drive around and we'll call for some coyotes. Maybe try a little bit harder this weekend. because <laughs> yeah. uh, we got some we got a really awesome new spotting light for our rifle from SRE Gear. Yeah. What was the dude, that thing is? Yeah, what's amazing. the company name? Do you remember? Oh. It's a it's a sweet one. We'll post we'll post links down yeah. in the show notes here. Uh, oh, but it's the thing I like about this one versus and and we'll get that episode all like we we kind of have an episode brewing right now with this one but we'd like to have a little success with it yep. <laughs> to be able to show you that we actually uh shot a coyote but um so we've been out with this um this light uh a thousand foot beam 2000 lumens and the thing is the size of a beer can if that yeah you know um and it SRE gear hooked us up, and it is the most. The thing I like about it most is it just is how quickly it attaches to the. I mean, it's within 30 seconds you got it all set up, ready to go. So it's all, and you can flip it out. You can have the white light. You can have, uh, you can interchange it with the red light, and then switch it out with the green light if you want to, depending on your eyes and so forth. And what so we've been prefer. out coyote hunting. We went there mm -hmm. one night, and we knew it was not going to be a successful night right away when we walk out to the fields and you see 40, 50 deer out there <laughs> beans. You definitely know the coyotes aren't even coyotes close are, by. Yes. So we've done that ice fishing, obviously. Um, honestly, I, I was. You look at uh, Aaron and I own a cabin together, um, just on two acres, up butted up to some public land up in Washburn County, and a, 
I just look at our electrical bill and it's been so much lower this year because we've hardly been up there. Yep. Um, I just, you know, we were up there for the gun deer season, but then usually we're up there for three or four other weekends in the fall, try to get some yeah. bow hunting up there. Good thing is, is that really nice. It looks like a nine. It looks like a nine pointer made it through. Um, and just had it on camera uh, two weeks ago with antlers still on it. So next weekend when we go up there, yeah. I want to walk around back there and yeah. see if we can't find some sheds too. So Get some snowshoes It's just kind of a, is you know, that post-COVID year where it's like, oh, You're shit, trying to settle to in. <clears throat> well, and, <laughs> yeah, we got to work, but your daughter got into basketball, mm. you know, and so your weekends are basketball. But then, but at the same time, our kids are not in basketball, and yet we're just as yeah, busy little, doing stuff. So that kind of sucks. Adam's basketball was one week in a month, if that. And so it really wasn't that. It just, I don't know, just busy stuff, yep. you know, and it's well, life. It's life. So let's see here. We're gonna ice fish. We're going to uh, do some coyote hunting, uh, and then crow, finally crow we're gonna do some crow hunting because crow hunting goes through March here. So we're gonna get up there and we're gonna do some crow hunting. Probably do an episode on I our crows. I hope we can get some good video on that to show. Because yeah, I, be I, you talk to people about crow hunting and they're like, "Really? What?" You know, it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like curling. You know, I curl. And the first thing people say is, "What?" You get, oh wow, good for you. But it's like crow hunting is the same thing. It's like you crow hunt. Do you really actually do that? But we, we've tried to crow hunt a few times, and we really lit into them one time. We had one hunt that was absolutely everything that you watch on YouTube. Unfortunately, we didn't get it on film. This was before we started our channel. Yeah. But where it was, we found a carcass that somebody had dumped off on a on a uh, fire lane. And there's crows all over the place. So, yep, you'd, you walk up, they fly off. You put the crow call on, and they just come just from all directions. Aiden, Aiden was even shooting one with a 410. 410. Little 410. That was a is is sweet. Yeah. All right, but so as we're <clears throat> as we're here doing the show today, uh this is the first time that it's hit 40 degrees since December 15th when the tornadoes came through. Remember that shit? That was crazy. So here we are. It's 42, 43 degrees out, which I can only imagine is getting you excited for your season. Adam lives for the season. It's right around the corner. Uh, and it's the maple syrup season, season, maple syruping. In fact, Adam came over here. I am so, yep, this is last year's batch. Look at that. That's beautiful. I'm surprised you saw. I only have one jar left. You have one jar? Look at how that. One oh, jar left. Oh my God. Look at this. This is flipping sweet stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's when you have a day like today, I mean, what does this start doing for you? It, uh, <laughs> it's that I think, I think what it is is probably, you know, we get one of those first days, usually in late January, where it'll kind of hit you, where it's like, ooh, it, it just like today, that the smell of just the smell is different all that kind of stuff it doesn't smell like spring just yet but just the warmth um i don't know i text you guys all the time you and jeremy who um, yep. our buddy jeremy if you if you check out our episodes from last year we have some maple syrup episodes. yeah you can, you can check, check it right jeremy here on, check it right um, here we'll put a link right here but you know i text you and jeremy and it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like <laughs> november and i'll be like hey we're you know four months away get ready um i'm kind of a not like that so i I don't know what it is about maple syrup season. I mean, I get excited for hunting. I get excited for everything. But maple syrup season, I don't know. There's just, I, I think, because it's a challenge of there's so much that you don't control. You have yeah. no control over probably 90% of what we do. You know, and that's what I get. So <laughs> it is just stupid giddy about maple syrup well, season. Well, you, so. you're, 
Well, it's fun because you, you, it'll start, it'll start running here probably in a couple of weeks. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute here, but what's fun is, is you start collecting when there's snow on the ground and you finish collecting and running your last batch when there's no snow and it's like 50 degrees out. So yeah. it's just that whole gives you something to look forward to and to do in the springtime. And the yeah. kids absolutely love getting out and doing it as well. So, all right. So what needs to happen? So right now, like I said, this is the first, this is really the first day where it stayed above freezing for the whole day. Yeah. But Obviously, if you and I go today and tap a tree, it's not going to be running. What needs to happen? You might get a little bit of what 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 we've you know we t we joked about it last year, but it's a real thing. Trunk sap, you know, where it's the sap that's kind of left over from last year. It'll probably be a really low sugar percentage. Um, you might get that that's out near the bark because it has to thaw out, and, I, and that's why you need those warm temps. Is you need the whole tree to start thawing out through all the way through. So. Yeah, it's great if you hit a 45-degree day, but if it's, you know, five degrees overnight before, it's going to take much longer for that tree to thaw out. Yeah. So we need we need to get consistent a consistent stretch where we have temps, temps and sun. That's really going to kind of shake things up and loosen things up. Probably in the, you know, 40s, low to mid-40s. And overnight lows, you don't want to get too cold, but we need them below freezing. Uh, freezing at night helps just build up a little bit of pressure. Pressure. Because we run... Um, you know, we run the drop lines, so there's no vacuum. There's no anything. It's just a, a tap into a tree, then a, a little rubber hose that attaches to the tap and runs down into a bucket. So the people that run vacuums, they, they'll pull sap 24-7 out of the tree just because there's constant pressure. Yeah. Now, we're, gonna, we're going to share with everybody a pretty sweet maple syrup process uh, that happens uh, here in Wisconsin, uh, just to the east of us in yeah. Athens, Wisconsin. Athens. What's the name of it? Athens. Athens. Uh, River Rich, River Rich Maples, I believe. River Rich our, Maples. Our friends, um, Mike, Mike Thurs, um, he's a really, he's a brother of a really good friend of mine, um, Dick, who lives out in Fargo, but uh, they, they grew up over in Athens and they've been, um, they've been doing maple syrup forever since they were little kids, their parents uh, and their family did it. So uh, they recently expanded their operation and went a, a little bit more commercialized. Uh, they were talking thousands of taps. Um, so it's, it's work that they have to do all year round. Uh, he does still have another job, but, um, they sell their maple syrup, uh, commercially to, you know, I know at least over in Fargo, I know it's Athens, Wisconsin, but the Shields over in Fargo has carried their stuff. I know <laughs> Dick has taken some, some of his stuff back to the Shields store over there, um, but yeah, we'll finally get to see, we're gonna go over there, I think it's three weekends. Three weekends we're gonna go over there and, and, and shoot some stuff to see. Yeah, obviously, you saw our episodes from last year and how we do it at a pretty small scale with 150, 200 taps. Um, collect between anywhere, depending on the year. Last year was only about 22 gallons of syrup, but the year before was 55 gallons. So anywhere in there for us, but these guys are making barrels upon barrels upon mm -hmm. barrels. So it'll just be really different. Um, view on on things we're definitely going to get some good pointers um uh, you know and a lot of that for them is just about efficiency it's nice for us to be efficient because we're not out there 24 7 you know we have greg and dad the yep. board of directors of the <laughs> sugar, shack. Hills sugar sugar shack um but yeah for them it, it'll be a really cool thing just to see the efficiency of of how it how it goes you know and we like to our maple syrup season entails sitting around a fire drinking beer yep. and White Claw. 
and and finishing and finishing at like midnight. Yeah, and finishing at midnight. These guys, yes. it's not about this. It's no. not about that. It's I. They definitely have their their parties. They definitely have their shindigs. But um, for for them, it is it's more of a business. Um, so it'll be fun to get over there and shoot some video and and uh, get to see that operation a little <laughs> so, bit. So so. Uh, so you're excited. I mean, this is this is your thing, and you got a hold of me a couple weeks ago, <laughs> actually me and Jeremy and Dad, and said, "Hey guys, check this out. I got this. I, I got. Uh, I found somebody with an evaporator. Explain to people what you found, because right now, just to explain to people who's listening uh, or who's watching, <laughs> our our evaporator is just basic cinder blocks filled with sand." And then inside it's lined with fire brick and, and we have this huge four by, what is it? Four by two, four by three, two two by four, two, two foot by four, two foot by four foot, uh, evaporating pans. Um, we have, so we stack it with wood and then we lean this piece of metal up, uh, as a door. And my dad and Jeremy's dad, they basically sit there (laughs) 24 seven through the maple syrup season, uh, tending to the fire. But you found something else that uh, we saw uh, with uh, two good friends of ours, which is Mike Bestel uh, and then John uh, Wright. John Wright. Yep. Uh, what did? In fact, you drove over here to record this podcast. Our very first episode, you recorded this podcast, and you have this in the back of the trailer. And yes, what is it? Because from here, I'm going out to the sugar shack, and I'm going to drop it off. Yes. I picked it up yesterday. It is an evaporator arch. Um, for and again, this 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 portion right here is a little more directed towards our our fans or listeners that don't really know a heck of a lot about this. Anybody who knows maple syrup is just going to roll their eyes and just kind of you can you know just block me out for a little bit here. But so essentially, <laughs> yeah, you think about a a um, rectangle, a cube shaped space, and we have to fill that with wood and burn it. So we build the cinder blocks and you set it on top. Well, that's it's a lot of wood of two foot by four foot section that takes a lot of wood and i think last year we burnt through i want to say it was seven face cords is about what we burnt through seven face cords um so that's just over two full cords um and so what this does is the design of it is arched in the back so the front is a full there's the, the pan sits on top of it and right below the front of it is a door you put wood in it <clears throat> and you create a natural draw, so the yep. the air will draw through it. We'll even probably put a fan on the front of it to even do it a little bit more, just to get a little more forced air in there and create make the fire hotter. But what that'll do is it'll it'll pull the fire and pull the flames all the way to the back. So even though there's not wood in the back, you're going to get flame all the way to the back of the arch. Um, and what that's what you really need to make a boil is you need the flame to kiss the bottom of the pan. Mm-hmm. So you pull get that pull all the way to the back. So you're you're getting the same effect with much much less wood. So we bought this thing from John and Frederick. <laughs> John and uh, it Frederick. Was, it was backwoods. I tell you what, the, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, I think he would have loved for us to stay there for about, um, <laughs> boy, he could have talked to us for hours. He has got a really cool shack there. He does about 300 taps, two, 300 taps. But he, he gets these big fuel oil barrels, not the 55-gallon ones, like the 250-gallon, the big, big ones. And he chops them up, and he... He makes about two to three a year and sells them for about 800 bucks, and he just makes a little cash on the side. So um, we saw it on Craigslist. He had two of them for sale, and he sold them within a couple of days. So we drove up there yesterday. It was about a two-hour drive. Um, 
thank God Mike came because my the oil pressure in my truck dropped when it got to Tilden. So we had to Oof. swap the trailer out um, and take Mike's truck. Uh, so, yeah, we got that back. We're going to take that out there. We, we are going to line it with, uh, just to make it more efficient and last longer, um, we'll line it with that uh, ceramic insulation, half-inch ceramic insulation, and then fire brick on top of that too. So what's your hope this year? So now we'll essentially we'll have two evaporating. We'll have so we have the warming. <clears throat> we have the warming one. Yep. Which is, which is that'll still be cinder block. But. Yep. It's it warms it. It does its job so that when we put it into the evaporating one, it's close to a boil already. But now we essentially will have two evaporating pans. One is efficient as all hell. The other one sucks now. So tell. So what are we gonna do? How's this gonna work? Well. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to get out there and plan. I mean, we've been trying to connect with Jeremy uh, for a couple of weeks now. I just haven't been able to connect, kind of sit down and plan. Um, you know, I I would love to sit down and talk about this year round. Um, I think you guys get a, get annoyed by that and just want to, let's just get out there and just start and just kind of wing it. Um, but yeah, we got to get out there. We got to make sure the place is leveled. Uh, we're going to put this one under the, because the, the second, the warmer is not under anything protected. Yeah. So um, that is a challenge. If it is raining, we can't run that one. We did try to run it with a tent, one of those pop-up tents over the top of it. The one time that didn't go that great. But um, so we'll put the more efficient one under the overhang now. Um, and yeah, just get, get the other one. Hopefully it doesn't need to be incredible or crazy we just need to get it set up so it can hold some wood yeah. and just keep that keep that hot and warm we're also looking at possible ways to just make it our pan is called a flat pan you know there's nothing special about it it's just a, a, a pan of two by four by i think my sides on mine are actually pretty deep i think they're i want to say they're eight or ten inches deep but if you get into a, a flu, uh, the flue pans and the drop pans and things like that you get all of the other corrugation inside of it and all the different channels and you can create you know, the, the guy, John, up at Frederick there, he showed us his operation. It's a two-foot by four-foot, but he can get up close to 20 gallons per hour. And we're, with our two pans going maybe at 12 with the two flat pans. So it's just more efficient. And, and that's just trying to get there, trying to make sure this, the, the sap is heated before we put it in so we don't lose the boil for long. And So it's not so much that we'll, be, uh, we'll still be finishing at midnight, it's just we'll be finishing a lot more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think what we'd like to do, the difference this year, too, is because we're, I mean, well, you're never busy. You work one day a week. Yeah, thanks. So I, but now I get into my track season. I'm a, I'm a head track and field coach uh, for a high school here in town, and we start practicing two weeks, something like that. Yeah. So it, it gets to be a, kind of crazy. So it's tough to be out there day in and day out because um, practice gets done 5 6 o'clock. I got to go out and help either haul buckets or help stoke the fire or whatever. So I think this year what we actually plan on doing, because we're going to have two filter systems running at the same time, two fi gravity filter systems running this time because that vacuum filter absolutely sucks. Like, yeah. If you're listening and watching and you're getting into maple syrup, do not buy the vacuum <laughs> filter from uh, cdl thank we, god they they took it back they were they uh, we used it about five or six times and there was a lot of swearing um we'll have to we'll we'll have to talk about that on one of our episodes here coming up with when we get to the finishing yeah so <laughs> how shitty that was but i think what we're gonna plan this year is 
I think we can we can get it to that point where it, if we're in the pan and the the hydrometer starts to bounce a little bit, we're really close to it being done. We can pull it off, let it cool off. That usually means we've got about a half hour left on the turkey fryer. Um, so I think we can take those, just put them in five-gallon buckets and save those, keep them refrigerated. Uh, and then maybe on the weekends we can do some finishing. Yeah. We can finish four or five batches at a time. So what's our goal? How many taps do we want? Like This is such a big debate. And I, I feel know. so bad for Jeremy because... I want to do I want to do 500 taps. I just want to do like I want to truly. I feel like Parker Schnabel or or you know because we have cuts. We we have cuts. We have different kinds of cuts. Uh, The the honey hole. Honey hole is one of them. One we can't we can't we can't say say right here because yep it's Uh, not right. Far cut. The uh, uh, what's their dog's name? Um, oh, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie's cut. Eddie's, Eddie's cut. cut. Yeah. yeah. So, so we got some good cuts. We got different sections that we kind of name off like that, but um, I don't know. It. We know the trees. I don't want to say they're unlimited trees, but I think realistically I want to get to 250 to 300 because we had a really good season two years ago and made 55 gallons of syrup. So split that between you, me, and Jeremy, and then our dads and things like that and friends and family. Um that's a pretty good cut. Yeah. Last year with 22 gallons or somewhere around there, you know, with a good season the year before, we're okay. Jeremy sells his. We don't. So we want to make sure that he has plenty. But, yeah, we want to be able to just take syrup when we want. Um, so if we have a second bad year where it's only 20 gallons or so, that's that's not enough. So I'd prefer to put out 300 taps and just start pulling taps when we have enough. When we're like, oh, yeah, this is enough. You know, when we've cooked... 12, 14, 15 times. Okay, that's that's probably enough. But the problem is with our busy schedules and when the weather gets nice, you know, I know Jeremy said it to me once, and we, we need to do a better job of this too. Is when it's time to clean up, we got to help because that's a lot of buckets. That's a lot. that's a lot of freaking buckets to clean up. So, you know, that's that's the downfall of doing it that way. And a lot of people use bags, but bags only hold a, a couple gallons or a five-gallon bucket yep. you can leave sit for a couple days. Dang. So. Well, there you go. Well, make sure make sure you subscribe because we got some episodes coming up. But then also on top of that, we have some we have some pretty sweet uh, uh, things we want to share with you when it comes to maple syrup. Uh, and if you want to remember, we got a couple episodes from maple syrup last year. You can click on the link right here. I think there's two episodes uh, that you can you can check it out. So, well, there you go. I gotta get going. Yeah, uh, it's Sunday. We got to get Sunday. We got we got to get the evaporator out there and yeah, and I got to yeah brace for the snowstorm and brace for the snowstorm. One Damn. to three, one to three inches on Monday, and then six to eight during the day on Tuesday is what I've seen last Damn. seen. So. Damn. Well, I don't know. That'll help for maple syrup, but I I'm ready yeah, for it to start warming up. They need it. Well, I, we just man, this is our first. Go around. This is kind of fun. It was. I, I could get it was used fun. to this. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, you think about what we want to do. This will be fun. This will be yeah. really fun. Because well, it's you, just much more laid back. I feel like such a you just when I'm doing you, the You can't the have shows. meetings. You can't have meetings afterwards so you can drink some more. Yes. White Claw. But um, we want to thank you guys for listening. But more importantly, we want to thank you for the last 12 months. Uh, We're we're closing in on a thousand subscribers. So if you haven't yet and you would like to help us out, that would be awesome to subscribe. But man, almost a thousand subscribers. Um, So thanks for listening. We want to do a big shout out to Black Dog Flooring and Lumber right here. Uh, uh, His name is Kelly. And, uh, or excuse me, Carrie and Carrie hooked me up with this red, uh, oak 
to use as our podcast table. So this was awesome. So again, that's Black Dog Flooring and Lumber. There's a link on the show notes down here. And just to let you know, we are not paid for anything. We don't do this for money, but we just want to shout out to people who kind of help us out and uh, just kind of show us awesome product. And without, uh, and we can't go without saying uh, hi to Tiffany and SRE Gear Search and Recovery Engineering Gear. It's a locally or it's a it's a family owned recovery store that's got all your outdoor stuff that you need. And Tiffany and her husband they treat us so well. It's so awesome. We have such a cool partnership with them. So a big shout out to them again. Subscribe YouTube anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, we're on. We got our socials. We got Instagram. Yeah. We got Facebook. And what's next? When when are we when are we doing this again? <sighs> I see. I, mean, I, I do want to put it out there that we we Aaron and I are in the very early stages of planning of what we're calling a campaign for a, a charity. Oh yeah, um, we got that coming up. We we got that coming up. We're we're just don't give them too much. Don't no, give I'm them too much. I'm not going to, but just please 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 stay tuned because that's gonna that's gonna be a very big. Uh, big event, um, a big opportunity for everyone to potentially give back to an absolutely incredible yes, cause. Yes, it's a so. big, big announcement that deals with hunting um, outdoors and just being a good person in general. So hopefully, so that's, we can get, hopefully we can get that, but we'll, you know. That's coming. I don't know. What's next? Like we can, well, there's so much to do. I know. We got, we got a bunch of episodes we're going we're gonna to record this weekend. We got the episode on March 13th that we're going to record. And then from there, from there, we're probably going to do another one in a couple of weeks from here. I think, so. I think we need, we, we definitely need a podcast episode with, um, dad and Greg okay. just sitting around the evaporator and just listening to them. Oh. We may have to bleep out some of Greg's stuff. Greg's. But. Yeah. <laughs> or, that, that or, would, we just, or we just, or you just just let it be throw up one of those warnings yeah. at the beginning of the video that, Hey, Greg trainer is here. And so <laughs> we, uh, we are not so, but Hey, anyways, thank you all. We hope you're doing good. We hope you stay healthy. Uh, you stay safe. So, okay. Good talk. See you out there.